Welcome to another episode of the Power Connector Podcast. I'm Derek Dickow, executive coach, keynote speaker, and Power Connector. And with me today is Patrick Donadio, certified professional speaker, former national chair of the National Speakers Association board member, as well as an author, executive coach, and keynote speaker. And today's episode is all about the power of impact, relationship building, and networking. And I just want to have a another curiosity conversation about how Patrick has uh, traveled his road to success and learn a little bit more about how he values networking and relationship building. Welcome, Patrick. Good to see you. Great to see you, Derek, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I was looking back at our uh, at my notes and when I first attended the National Speakers Association Influence event in 2017, uh, I do remember you welcoming me. I was uh, kicking the tires on this on this business and as an entrepreneur, looking at a different way to add value to my world. You welcomed me with open arms. You kind of sat me down a little bit. I remember you telling me the sessions to attend, what to look for, but most importantly, that I would be drinking from the fire hose for the next couple of days and to try <laughs> to extract one or two nuggets of information from some of the experts and leaders that have built their businesses. And to me, you are an expert as an executive coach. You've been doing this for a long time, advising um, executives and C-suite clients across the country. So it's really, a, uh, it's really a pleasure to have you today. I thought we would start our conversation uh, understanding a little bit more about the process of relationship development. How do you view that? And what are some of the things that we can learn about the way Patrick runs his business? Well, thank you, Derek. It's, you know, I've been doing this for a few years, as you mentioned. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, everything I do is all about building and maintaining relationships. I mean, as an entrepreneur, um, I've learned early on that the way to grow your business is to deliver great value and build deep relationships. And one of the things that really drives the way I interact with people and the way I communicate is this process that I created called the, the impact process. And if you don't mind, I thought I might just take you know, 60 seconds and just let everybody know what the six steps are. And as we go through our conversation today, I think your listeners are going to hear a lot of these are the key components to really building deeper relationships and better networks. Please, we're here to learn. Yeah. So I created this acronym and, and actually a lot of times people hear the word acronym, and they start to get turned off, but i work really hard to make this not only just an acronym, but really uh, six key powerful components that make for great communication. So the I in the intention is the uh, first step of the process, the I for impact. And every great communication starts as a thought. So what I always say to myself and I tell my clients, you know what, we have to think before we speak. So everything you're doing is driven by an intention. And we'll come back to that later when we talk about networking. So uh, understanding the why behind what we're doing, not so much the what. The M is the message and the method. And once you know the intention, then what's the right message you should be creating to deliver? And what might be the best method? And a lot of people think about communicating and they think about, you know, using their favorite method, which might be, uh, you know, interpersonal or email. And I'd like to talk more about the idea of picking the method that's best for the intention and best for the person. So the message and the method, I can go deep on any of those components about openings and closings or crafting what to say. Uh, the P is the person. And I think that's one of the key components in networking is really understanding that everybody's a little bit different. So in the P step of the process, we'd like to think about how do you personalize the message, right, to the receiver? So if my intention is to go to a particular event to meet some new prospects, um, each person I meet is going to be a little bit different, so I'm not going to do the same thing with everybody. So I talk about the platinum rule versus the golden rule. 
That's the IMP part of this process that I think about when I'm thinking about making a greater impact. The ACT part uh, has to do with acting or you know, how do you plan the delivery? So A is activate. And there are two parts that I remind myself are very important to being a great communicator and a good networker. And that is one, being a very active listener. And two is how do you actively engage people? You want to get people engaged in your dialogue or in your uh, communication, both physically, mentally, and emotionally. And those are things I always think about when I'm getting ready to go out there and start to you know, build deeper relationships. The C is clarify. How do you make sure the message you sent is the same message? How do you make sure that we're both on the same page? And part of being a good networker is also being a good questioner. So you've got good questions and you're a good listener. Those are really key components. So clarify to make sure you know we're both on the same page. And the T in the impact process is transform. And how do you transform this interaction into the intention you set. And I like to talk about two types of transformations. There's an internal transformation and an external transformation. And so I know that's a lot to unpack, Derek, but you know what? Uh, everything I do and pretty much for the last 20 years, I've been teaching my clients about how to be a more effective communicator. And those are the six keys I always think about. So maybe that'll help us drive our conversation today as we help your listeners think about how to really build those deep relationships and build a better network. Yeah, no, I appreciate the the background and I love the acronym. I, I, I'd like to, uh, and I took a note here on activate and, and understand a little bit more about the methodology. So a lot of people will come to me and ask me questions about tips, tools, techniques. I'd love to learn the Patrick method for how you activate people and engage people uh, when you're out in public, when you're attending professional organizations or, you know, local chamber of commerce event down the road. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's two things. A, if it's something really that I um, is important to me, I'll spend some time getting ready for that event. I want to think about who do I want to meet, who would I like to talk to, what are some things that might be appropriate for this group, uh, and so I'm going to do my homework. That's just the way I roll. Now, I'm not saying you have to be very overanalytical, but I think to really be an effective business person, it's good to be strategic. So I will always do what I call the before, during, and after approach, Derek. So if I'm going to go to an event. Even when I go to NSA, I think, okay, before I might say to myself, what do I want to learn from, from this event? Are there any particular people I'd like to get to know or meet, right? And then during, I have a plan for, okay, I have identified these three people I want to spend some time with. I remember that during the event, I'm going to look for those folks. I might send them an email before and say, hey, I know you're going to be at this event. If you got a few minutes, I'd love to get a chance to connect. I heard such good things about you from so-and-so. And then I have the after approach, right? So after the event, how will I stay in touch? How will I continue to build that deep relationship? What will I do to add value? So uh, that's kind of my process. In addition to the impact, I have what I call the BDA, right? Before, during, and after. Um, and it's not just about trying to be manipulative. It's about really trying to be efficient and effective. Yeah, it sounds like you take a very intentional approach to the way you relationship build. And I can attest to the fact that when we met in 2017, we had a great conversation. And sure enough, when I got back to my desk, I did get an email from you asking me how I thought, what I thought about the, the conference. And you also said to me, is there anybody I can introduce you to or how can I help your business? And you offer generously, I'll, I'll add, to open up your calendar and really give me some time to uh, consider what I had processed throughout that weekend. Yeah. So I appreciate the way that you approach the uh, intentional uh, way of adding value to other people. And I love how you break events down into three sections. There really is a before, a during, and after. And you mentioned doing homework. And I, I don't think it's manipulative at all. I think it's 
what it takes to separate ourselves from others is, is that in advance uh, um, investment of time that you're making. Yes. Can you share with us a little bit more about the type of or strategic approach that you have to homework? Is it as simple as going on LinkedIn? Is there other, are there other tools that you're utilizing uh, to understand who's important to you? Yes. Well, first of all, I want to just add, Derek, when I go to NSA, you know, one of my intentions is to find first timers and make an effort to connect with them. So I don't know who I'm going to meet, but I know it's a goal that I've set for myself, particularly the last 10 years. You know, I'll be up front. I've been a member almost 33 years now of NSA. You know, when I go to these events, obviously to learn, but I really go a lot now to pay forward because I've been really blessed by support from a lot of folks over my time. And I feel like at my point in my career, I want to do that for others. So even though I don't know exactly who I'm going to meet, right, you don't have to very be very specific, but my intention is I look for first timers. I saw you were, and there we go. Um, so given that, the other thing I've learned, and, and I know myself, Derek, I'm an off-the-chart extrovert, but I've learned as a strategic coach, I got to be a better listener. And I work really hard on my listening skills. And my grandmother used to say, from a speaking comes repentance, from listening comes wisdom. Mm. And so I've learned that, that. if I'm going to meet somebody, I don't need to be talking. I mean, sure, I could tell you a lot of things about me, but I'm a very inquisitive kind of guy. I love to ask questions. I love to have a dialogue. I don't want to be an interrogator, but I think, you know, being a good listener, having a, the intention of really wanting to get to know people and really wanting to be helpful, that's really the goal. And if you have all those three things lined up, you, know, you really can't help but make an impact. Well, I, lo I love the approach that you take uh, being, being seasoned and at the, at the particular point in your career where you are focused on paying it forward. Uh, seems like you've built a great practice. And part of what you do and, and what's important to you is to identify people that are coming for the first time or attending a program that you are very intimately familiar with. I'm sure you know everybody on stage, you know exactly who they need to meet. And so you take the approach of, I'm gonna welcome people as they come to this event. I'm gonna actually seek them out and try to listen and then provide some guidance based on what their goals are and who you know in the room that can help them benefit. I think that's a tremendous way to look at networking and relationship building as it relates to our involvement in professional organizations that we can benefit from. I love yes. that. Let's yeah, focus yeah. also now on how you prospect. So you, you can't always identify who is an ideal client for you in advance of a program that you're attending. So as you have some organic conversations, what are some of the things that you're looking for uh, when, when it comes to who's the ideal prospect for you and what you can offer their company? Yeah. And, you know, really, there's a couple of key components I want to uh, reinforce. One is knowing your personality style, kind of going back to the P-step. As I said, I'm an extrovert. My tendency is I could fill this hour, Derek, without you ever talking, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. but that's not my, my point is I know my strengths and I know my areas of improvement. So if you want to be a good networker, A, if you're an introvert, you got to work on taking it up a notch. You got to work on being a little more assertive. You got to work on making sure that you come prepared with some good questions because your tendency might be to let, let the other person talk, right? If you're an extrovert like me, then you have to think about how do I make sure that I shut up and how do I make sure that I kind of come in with the intention of learning and not just about, you know, what I used to say, the old show up and throw up, right? You know, in the old days, they talk about sales. It's like, just show up and throw up. Just give them a bunch of stuff, and eventually you're going to convince them. Uh, but that's not true in relationships either. 
It's about getting to know people, about, about uncovering what their needs are and adding value. And to me, that's the best thing that I've learned over the last 30 some years is everything I do is about adding value. And if I can add value to this person's life and they make it, then it'll come back to me. I'm not worried about you know what's going to get to me because I know whatever I give out to the universe, eventually something comes back. And it might not even be from that person. But if you come from a place of what I call um, loving truth and you go into this with good intentions, um, you're going to find there's a, there's a great return. So going back to your main question, a lot of times if I have a specific concept, like, for example, who are your best prospects? That's a very important question. That's part of the before, right? So if I'm going to an event, maybe I'm thinking about speaking clients because they do a lot of speaking as well as coaching. So I might be, as I'm meeting people, I might, in addition to helping them, I might also be thinking, is this somebody who makes a decision about hiring speakers or bringing in trainers? Uh, and if not, I might at some point even say, hey, yeah, it's great. Um, you asked me what I do. Yes. And then I might share what I do. And then I might ask, like I did to you, is there somebody you know in your organization who uh, might be the person to communicate with in terms of adding value to your team? And then I shut up. So being intentional about you, who you're looking for. Um, some of the resources, obviously, LinkedIn is a great resource. I use it a lot. Uh, and I also love to go to uh, the client's website. Um, one thing I've learned early on is if you can go to a website and see if the, let's say it's a corporation, do they have an annual report? I will look for the annual report, the president's report. I'll read that and I'll a little bit more, learn more about that organization, about what their values are, where they're going. Because I want to be able to have a conversation with that client and I want them to know that I, I've done a little bit of homework. I don't say I went to your website, but I might say, you know, I, I noticed in the last uh, three years, your organization has just really gone off the charts. I mean, you have just had a tremendous influx of, of new clients. Tell me, what's your secret? And so knowing what their value is, and then I'm trying to learn like you are, my friend. I'm trying to learn to be a better person as well. So my questions are really about a win-win. I love that. Get them talking about something that's important to them, which is their business, and you demonstrating that you've taken the time, you invested some time to research about what they're focused on. I think that lets them know real quick that you're a serious person and that you're looking to add value. Can I ask, in addition to, um, in, in addition to asking them about their business, do you have like a top three set of questions that you, I don't want to say recycle, but you can repurpose, reuse. What are your top three default questions yeah. that you'll ask a new, a new contact? Yeah. Well, again, it goes back to the context of where we are, right? So like at NSA, I might ask this question. So I'm kind of curious, um, when you think about building a speaking business, where would you say are some of your strengths and what are some things maybe you are trying to learn today or here at this event? So again, I'm trying to get them to start. I'm trying to be helpful, right? By asking you that question, it's helping you, but it's also helping me. Because if you say to me, well, I really want to be better at my content, then I might be able to refer you to a session that's going to be on content. So very important point. I just want to re restate. I know it's very common sense, but diagnose before you prescribe. I love that. Right? Diag diagnose before you before prescribe. you prescribe. Yeah. You know, yeah. I and mean, you wouldn't want me to just say, "Hey, Derek, take these pills." I'm like, "Well, tell me, Derek, like, what what are the symptoms? Is it this? Is it that?" Right? You go to a good physician, and they ask lots of questions because they really want to know exactly what to do to help you. Well, I think uh, when you go to an event, you really got to come from the mindset that I'm here to add value. And to meet folks, I'm not it's like if I go into thinking I'm here to get new clients, then I don't think it's going to work because people are going to pick up on that. Yeah, I'm going to get new clients, but 
maybe it's because of my personality. I just love being around people. So, you know, to go to an event that just energizes me. And I hope by helping people and meeting people and being the real me, I build a relationship. And then at some point, you know, they're going to see that I care and then they're going to care about me. Right. You, you remember the old quote from Zig Ziglar? Remind me which one. Yeah, well, Zig Ziglar, and, and a lot of folks may not even know of him because he's been gone for a while, but he was actually a very powerful presence at our National Speakers Associations, and he wrote the book, See You at the Top, one of the really, really I call him the godfather of motivational speakers. And Zig Ziglar used to say, people don't care how much you know no, until they know, until how, they much know how much you care. Yeah, and when he said that in one of the speeches, this is probably 25 years ago, that really stuck with me, right, is that, you know what? I need to let people know that I care. And I do care. I mean, I, I'm in this business because I love what I do. And, and, that, and that's going to come across when you go to an event too. Yeah, I think it came across in our first interaction in 2017. And every time I see you at these, at these functions, uh, it's, you're, you're consistent, you're intentional. You're, just all, you're all about just trying to help people further along on their journey. I'd love to ask, Patrick, if you have maybe a top three ways that people can add value to a new contact. So you listen with some empathy. Uh, you do a great job of that. Uh, you've, done, you've done some research about the event, about some of the attendees. And then people will eventually, when they answer your questions, they'll tell you what they're looking for, right? And so from, from when you listen, what are the top three ways that you have found that add the most value to people, especially a new contact? Yeah. Well, one of the things that really, I think, made me a better networker is becoming a coach. Because the concept of coaching is really interesting, right? Because when you think about, let me just help people understand speakers versus consultants versus trainers versus coaches. And then you'll see how this coaching approach is really helpful when it comes to networking, right? So consultants are the experts. And I've got all the tools and techniques. You got a problem, I'll come and fix it, right? And same for speakers a little bit. Trainers are look, I know how to do this and I'm going to teach you how to do it, but I'm still going to you know, be there with you because you don't really know how to do it. Coaches come in with this intention. I'm sure you have a lot of great ideas and I bet you might even know how to do this. Let me figure out how I can help you and ask you some good questions to help you figure it out. And so one of the tools that I like to use is helping the person think it through because sometimes they just need a good listener. I don't know about you, but so many times in, in, in the recent past, we're all impatient. And maybe you've been at an event where someone's talking with you and you can see their eyes darting over looking, who am I going to talk to next, right? Um, I learned this from Glenn. It happens, happens, to me, happens to me all the time. Even yeah. me. It happens to me. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. it, it's, it, it's it human is, nature. And it's a terrible feeling. Yes. When you're in the middle of a conversation with somebody and they look right over our shoulder. Right. Like, okay. They don't want to be in this conversation. So yeah. I tell people, don't do that to others. Exactly. And that's where that concept of I'm all about you, right? I'm focused on you. And I was kind of sharing real quickly, one of our speakers who just passed away, a past national president, was Glenna Salisbury. And uh, I met her early on, just an amazing woman. And uh, I was so impressed because every time I would talk with her, you felt like you were the only person in the world. There might be 10 people behind me. Never looked at any one of those. She looked at me, mm -hmm. but she was, she knew when it was time to move on too. So she didn't like, you know, she couldn't give me 20 minutes, but sure. every minute she gave me made me feel like I was the only person in the world that she was focused on. Mm -hmm. And that's about value. People need to feel valued. We live in a, in a time where everything's instant, right? I mean, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And I'm not saying you have to spend 30 minutes with each person, but whatever minute or two you spend with that person, make sure that they feel that you're with them. 
So I love the, the idea of being being open to asking questions and maybe instead of having the answer, sometimes even ask the client a follow-up question. That's interesting. I'm curious, like, what have you done that's been working and where are you still struggling? So uh, if I got this right, your, your advice is to listen, number one, number two, to be present in the conversation, and number three, to re-engage with follow-up questions to demonstrate I am present in the conversation. Yes. And then I would add the fourth one is if someone's struggling or they feel like you're asking the question and they really don't know the answer, you know, don't keep peppering them. I mean, you can do this. I put on my little consulting cap and I say, hey, you know, Derek, would be okay if I share a thought because I had something that popped into my head regarding, you know, that topic. So I ask permission and they say, oh yeah, sure, whatever. And then I'll say, you know, well, as you were sharing, you know, one thing that came to me was blah, 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 blah. And I'm curious, um, how does that resonate with you? Oh, I like that. Or, you know, it's funny you say that because I was thinking this and that, and then you continue the dialogue. Sure, sure. I love that. So diagnose before you prescribe. I like that a lot. Yeah. So tell, tell me more a little bit about your expertise and your professional journey. I'm, you're an author. Um, tell me, how did you arrive at this business? Yeah. Well, uh, early on, I went to Ohio University to be a radio announcer. Right. I wanted to be in broadcasting because uh, I love being in front of groups and I love, you know, being in the spotlight off to be up front. Right. <laughs> you know, but once I got started into my career path, I was on the radio and I realized to myself, you know, this is kind of boring because I'm not talking to anybody. I don't know if anybody's listening. And so um, I got out of that arena for broadcasting and went into broadcast management. And that's where I fell in love with the whole idea of communication and leading. And so I worked at the university after I graduated from grad school for a couple of years as a professional on staff. And really, I tell you, one of the great training grounds, I was a resident assistant in college as a student job where I got to pay, help pay my way through. But it taught me so much about others and being with others. And when I left university, I went work for, for an association. Uh, and so part of the reason I love associations is because not only did I work for one, but I was an executive director in my past life of an association. And that's where you learn a lot about, right? Everybody who's a member of your association needs to feel valued, right? They're, they're paying you to be a member and your job is to make sure they get value. So that training ground for me was a great stepping stone. And then very early on, I was only 28 when I started my speaking career. I was pretty dumb and naive. <laughs> and I didn't know. I just knew this. I knew that I was hiring speakers that were getting paid a lot more money than I was making, you know, uh, myself. And I thought I could do this. Um, and so I, I, that's how I got into speaking. I quit my job. And the best thing that happened to me was I found the National Speakers Association. So I'm a big proponent. Whatever you do, if you're listening to me right now, whatever career you're in, I highly recommend you get engaged in your association. First of all, to help you become the best you. And then associations are a great place to go to expand your network. And I have a couple of tips if you want to go a little deeper on how to you know, expand your network in other associations. Hey, Patrick, this is a conversation about connecting, networking, relationship building. So lay it on me and lay it yeah. on us. What, what, what well, are the tips? Yeah, this came to me when I was the director, right, at the association. We did a monthly newsletter. And every month I had to fill that newsletter. And I'm finding myself having to write articles like, oh, my gosh, no one's sending me. I got to find, I got to fill this newsletter. So when I left the association, one of the first things I did was I went to associations, not necessarily even if I got paid, but I knew that in front of me were a lot of potential buyers. So I found this tool worked great for me. I would write articles for association newsletters. 
And I would send it and say, hey, I noticed you have a newsletter. Would you be open an article on you know six ways to be a better speaker? Yeah, sure, send it over. So I found for me as a speaker, um, for every topic I do, I have an evergreen article. It's an article that can be used anywhere, anytime. It covers you know very simple how-to things. And so if, let's just say we're talking to people who are speakers, but you could be any profession. How do you build your brand? And that's part of being a good networker is to build your brand. So one of the ways to build your brand is to be perceived as an expert. So let's say, uh, Derek, pick an association. Is there an association you'd like to get into or do more work with or meet more folks that might be helpful for you? Uh, personally, I'm committed to four at, the, at this time. And I feel okay. like that, that's my capacity. But, yeah, so uh, pick you know. one. Just pick one. I'll give you an example of how this process works. Well, well certainly the National Speakers Association that, uh, that okay. you and I are both part of. Yeah. So let's say... Um, that's your group. You really like to get your face out there. You want to build your brand. You want to be able to hopefully when I call it pull versus push, right? I mean, you can push it out there, but if you build the brand, people, people come to you. So you might, for example, want to write an article for the NSA speaker magazine, which I was the chair for two years. And I know we look for great content. And so any association, you write the article. It's, it's very simple. The opening paragraph, Six ways to seven things not to do. You know, five secrets to. There's always a number. There's right? always a number. There's always a number. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the easy way to go. You don't have to do it that way. Um, and by the way, if anybody wants to, uh, if you go to my website and look underneath the resources page, you'll see examples of what I'm talking about. We will definitely, there. we will definitely publish your site yeah. um, with yeah. this for sure. So you you put this, you write this article. It creates you as an expert. And then here's what I've done. I follow up after the article is published, and I ask the editor in an email, hey, I'm curious, um, who's in charge of your meetings? Because I think the topic I just shared might make for a good breakout session. And they say, oh, yeah, that's Mary Jones. And then I, I say, well, you know, can you introduce me or can you give me Mary's email? And then I email Mary and I say, Mary, I was just talking with Martha, your editor for the newsletter, and she thought I should check in with you because she felt the content that I shared might make for a good breakout session. So now, right, I'm not a known entity. I've already been published in your association. I may come and do a breakout session. And when I do a breakout session, I'm meeting a lot of folks. I'm adding value. I'm building my relationships. And I can tell you this, Derek, um, and it doesn't happen all the time, but this happened. I did a healthcare association, nurses educators conference. I booked six engagements off of one conference because everybody in the room were nurse educators who were hiring speakers to come in and do training for their nurses. Now, that was an easy sell. Um, but again, you go there, you add value. I didn't go there and talk about how great I am. I was like, Here, here's value. So that's one example of building your brand. You know, And you can do that in a lot of ways. You can write articles on LinkedIn, which I've been doing quite regularly. But you want to make sure that you build yourself as a brand and that if you create this expertise, then people will be drawn to you. And that's a better way to network. I, I love that. In, in this style of seeking out the professional organizations that you want to be a part of, that's your tribe. You want to invest time. You know that your your buyers or people that you want to work with, whether they're centers of influence or prospects, are in that room and in that organization. You you seek them out. You ask them if you can write an article about your particular expertise and the problem that you solve, if I'm hearing you correctly. Yes. And then you follow up with them and offer to do um, either whether it's an article or a breakout session or some other way that you can add value to their organization. I love that approach. Is it also true that it could work with B2C? So for example, maybe an insurance 
uh, expert or an accountant or a legal somebody from the legal world. But is this is this applicable to all fields, or do you do you find oh, that it just works best in just one? Any field, you know. Let's just take an insurance agent. You know, if you're an insurance agent and you want to go looking for customers, I would highly recommend you have a 20 minute wow banged up presentation where you talk about value you're not selling insurance you know you're helping people protect their investments and their loved ones and you go give valuable tips and you speak to a rotary club or you speak to a professional association where you have potential buyers and even if you know no one buys from you that day i talk about leveraging so then you happen to post on linkedin recently presented to the you know the such and such rotary club i gave seven tips here are two things if i can ever help you learn about blah, blah, blah. So it's all about continuing to kind of build your brand because push comes to shove. When you walk into a room and you don't know anybody, it takes a long time to really build that relationship. You walk into a room and someone says, oh my gosh, didn't I see you in our magazine? All of a sudden, I call that third-party credibility. I love that. So it it jumpstarts your networking. I love that. Um, Patrick, we're almost uh, at our time today. I would love to wrap it up with maybe a couple bits of advice for the solar solo entrepreneur or someone that's looking to make a transition into being uh, a solo entrepreneur, at, either as a coach, a strategic advisor, or someone that can take on and provide service and value to others. What are, maybe if you want to wrap it up into like the top three things, uh, the top three pieces of advice that you'd share? Well, if anybody wants to go on on their own, and that's what I'm hearing you ask me, is that correct? Uh, either to go off on their own or to make a transition from one career to the next where they're providing service and value as a strategic partner. Yeah. So I'm going to answer two ways. If you want to go on your own, the first thing I would suggest is you start to build up a little bit of a nest egg so that once you make the leap, you don't feel tempted to quit right away because it takes time when you start your own business. Uh, If you want to make a career change, same thing I'm sharing before is you have to be a known quantity. So you really need to begin begin to build your brand out there. You want people to think of you as an expert. And that means you've got to be on LinkedIn or you got to be in some form of social media. You got to be published, maybe on a talk show, maybe doing a podcast like we're doing today. And then you leverage that so that you can show people I'm a true expert and I'm somebody you probably want to seek out because I'm not just you know somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. So number one is building your brand. Number two is thinking strategically, right? You have to really think about how you're going to grow that particular practice or business. And so one thing I, I used to coach lawyers on how to build their practice. And I talked about, you know, top 10 list, you know, like who are the top 10 potential clients in your area you'd love to do work with and you have a target list. And so, okay, now where do they hang out? Well, they go to this association or they read this magazine or they watch this, you know, podcast. And then you target the particular media that reaches that particular target list. So that's another suggestion is to have a top 10 list of your top 10 potential prospects. And the third thing, and I learned this the hard way, and this relates to speaking, but I think it relates to any business, is get out of the next mentality. Right? When I first started, Derek, I would do 100 speeches a year. And I get one speech, I go next. I get another speech, I go next. And I realized, you know what? That's great, but I'm working really hard. I'd rather have 15 great clients than 70 you know, clients. So I started, stop thinking about next, and I started thinking about deep and narrow. So once I get in with the client, I want to do more with them or more with people like them. So if I coach at a a corporation, I want to know if they can bring me in as a speaker, as a trainer. If I coach 
at an association here in Ohio, then I want to think, can I get at the national level? If I coach it, speak at the national level, can I get to the local level? So get out of the next mentality and go deep and narrow. And let's just think about B2C. When you get a good customer, can you get referrals from them? That's about, right? Don't just provide them value. Provide them enough value that they really want to tell other people how great you are. And that's that deep and narrow. I love that. Yeah, that's right. I'd rather have less clients, less headache, but the right clients that serve your business and that serve your passion that will come out more and more. Uh, well, I love that, Patrick. It's been a fantastic uh, discussion with you about relationship building, mostly about creating impact. I love the acronym uh, that you provided. We're going to share all your information uh, on, on our website and where we host. Uh, I love the part about adding value, about listening, about staying present in the conversation, and then demonstrating that you're present by asking very good, thoughtful, engaging follow-up questions. I think that for any introverts paying attention or listening in, I think that's a fantastic model to follow. Have some prepared questions, do some research before you attend, and join the professional organizations where your clients are, where your prospects can be, and most importantly, where you want to invest time in your career. This has been uh, fantastic. I really appreciate having this dialogue with you today on the Power Connector podcast, and um, certainly appreciate uh, your time, effort, energy, and your willingness to welcome the newbies like my, myself here uh, to NSA. <laughs> and I know you do it well. Any closing uh, closing thoughts before we end? Yeah, today? here's my closing thought. I close every one of my presentations with this favorite quote of mine. And so I hope people got one thing that they heard today that would be helpful for them. But you know what? It's not what you know. It's what you do with what you know. So I hope you'll take the one idea out of the many that I think Derek and I shared today and put it into practice. Start working on it. And when you do try it, don't assume it's going to work well the first time. Part of the transformation step is knowing that there's so many learning opportunities out there. So when you try it, and it may not go as well as you like, just ask yourself two questions. What did I do well this time? And what can I do better the next time? And get on that journey to make a greater impact with your clients. I love that, Patrick. I, I, you know, certainly we can all do better at building our personal personal brand. And you've laid out some incredible nuggets and wisdom on how we can execute that at any level of business, no matter where we, we're at. But I greatly appreciate the conversation today with Patrick Donadio, former board member of the National Speakers Association, certified speaking professional, friend, confidant, uh, welcomer of the first timers to professional organizations and attendees like myself, someone that I admire greatly and respect in networking, relationship building as a speaker, trainer, and an executive coach. It's been an honor to have you on the program on the Power Connector podcast. We'll see you soon, Patrick. Thank you. Thank you, Derek.